0: In the crucible with Christ. The important word we read here is with Christ. We all come into crucibles of course from time to time in our life. But it's important if you are in the crucible with Christ. Because then you still have hope. There's still something you can hope for. But otherwise So we will have a close look at people in the Bible, how they managed to get through a crucible with Christ, so that we can get strength and surety and know what to do when we are in such a shadow of death. Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to study the biblical theme, In the Crucible with Christ. Lesson 8, Seeing the Invisible. Our memory text for this week, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27, By faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. The story is about Moses. Our Father's Extravagance In the epistle of Paul to the Romans, in chapter 8, we have the wonder, wonderful verses. There are verses that show us God's extravagance. We start with verse 28, and there we read. And we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God. To them who are the called according to the purpose. For whom he did foreknown, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's our Father's extravagance. He wants us to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now imagine, this is the, the highest quality in the universe. There is no higher quality than the image of the Son. And this is what God's plan is with you and me. It's It's unbelievable. Moreover, we read in verse 13, Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So glory, God's glory, that is it, what God wants us to show, to be people will see if we live amidst God's glory. We we all are confronted with misery and pain and sickness and, and all these things. But when somebody catches sight of a person that has a peace in itself and a love, and power, although he is sick or poor or whatever, but there is something in this person. you can look at it, you can see it when you look at the eyes, that there is a radiance <laughs> coming out of the eyes. It's special. Our father's extravagance, his plan with you and me. In the name of Jesus. When Jesus was together with his disciples for the last time before he was crucified, he told them after Judas had left, wonderful things. For example, in chapter 14, And there he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So no looking in the internet or in any newspapers if you want to rent a flat or something or buy a house or whatever. It's already prepared. The king of the universe will invite you into his mansions for free. Yeah, that's it. That's our Lord. And if I go and prepare a place for you, we read in verse 3, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So he wants us to be where the king of the universe dwells. Ever thought about that? Wow, that's great. And he goes on telling his disciples what will be. And then verse 11, believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. He healed the lame, the deaf, even (laughs) blind people, and he could even resurrect people from the dead. When we think of Lazarus, four days he was already that four days. And then, verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Whew. That's great, isn't it? And greater works than these shall he do. Greater works than Jesus. Yeah, because when we th- think about the many, many, many followers of Jesus on this planet, and when they all do something, all together, like a, a bustle, all the pieces, when they come together, it will be more than what Jesus did, because there are so many. And because I go unto my Father, and you can go on doing it day by day, month by month, year by year. And he goes on in verse 13, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Whew! Oh, that's a sentence. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. So what does this mean? When you say at the end of a prayer, In Jesus' name, Amen. No, that's, that's it's not magic. But in the name of Jesus, praying in the name of Jesus means in his attitude, in his character, loving as he loves, having pity on your colleagues as he, our Savior. That's praying in the name of Jesus, in his attitude, in his character. The power of the resurrection. There is one city in which Paul stayed for the longest time ever on his missionary tours, and that was Ephesus. And in his epistle to the Ephesians, in chapter 1, Verse 18 onwards, he writes about the aim God has with us. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So not dark, but enlightened so that you can see. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sense that you may know it. So there's something to discover. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us were to believe according to the working of his mighty power. So God is the mightiest power in the universe. And if we are in connection with this mightiest power... (laughs) When you think about electricity, once you are connected, you get the power. And the greater the power that's in there, in your house, from outside, the more you get when you are connected. Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is made, named not only in this world but also in that which is to come so <laughs> jesus he's got the, the power above all powers above all principalities that there, there is no other power like his power. And once you're connected to this power, you get this power. And Paul wants to tell the Ephesians, imagine, y- y- you, you, you just have to be connected. That's all. That's the point. Without being connected, no power. But how? How can I be connected, maybe you ask. It takes time. When your mobile phone is out of order, no more power, what do you have to do? It must be connected to the power. And then it needs some time that the power is refreshed. That the accumulator accumulates the power within your mobile phone. And if you say, well, I I do not have the time to, I, I I just need the power, it won't work. It needs time for accumulating the power. Therefore, every morning, every evening, take your time, be together with your Lord, study His Word, accumulating God's power for your life. Or do you want to run around without this power? Would be silly, wouldn't it? So, if you have the chance to connect to this power, why not do it every morning, every evening? To carry all our worry. In the first epistle of Peter, In chapter five, verse seven, we read a mystery for power. (laughs) Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now what does this mean in a practical aspect? Casting all your care upon him. So normally there are so many problems around us. We don't know how to solve them. And then we study, and we try to find solutions. And in the end, we discover it doesn't work. And But it should be a solution. Uh, it's, it must be solved. But how? How can I do it? I'm too weak. I do not have any idea. But it must be solved. So what to do? Oh, Casting all your care upon him. And here it is written, casting, not just taking it, transporting it. Casting it. Throwing it away into the hands of Jesus. So, somebody said to me, you do it like the following. You take a box, better a big box, so that a lot of Problems (laughs) Problems <laughs> can be in there. And then you close it. Nice ribbon on it. And then whoosh, off it goes out of your hands. It is thrown away into the hands of Jesus. And then you can rest. He will take care of your box with problems. You've put a nice ribbon on it, ribbon on it. So that Jesus <laughs> has some joy with it. He's able to manage it, to handle it. He's able to. You, you are not able to. So, therefore, that's Peter's idea. He got it through the Spirit. Casting all your care upon him. And in the verse before, verse 6, he shows how this happens. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. It's not so easy to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You, You want to be your own boss, won't you? Um, and then we are full of despair when we discover it doesn't work. But what we want to handle it by ourselves? (laughs) Finding out we do not get there where we want to get. So why not casting all your care upon Jesus? For he cares for you. That's the easiest way for life. But it needs humbling yourself under the mighty hand of your God. And we know there is an adversary around. Therefore, Peter (laughs) reminds us in verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about, seeking whom he may devour as a roaring lion he walks about but he won't catch you if you are with Jesus. Still faithful when God cannot be seen In Isaiah chapter 40 we read from verse 27 onwards. Why well, says you, O Jacob, and speaks, O Israel, My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Why are you talking like that? God asks you. Do you really think so? Your troubles are not <laughs> known by God? Hmm. Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he finds not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. Oh, hmm. I like that. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might he increases strength. How I liked it even more. Those that have no might he increases strength. That's what I like. That's how Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote in in the New Testament, when I am weak, then I'm strong. And when we read this, we think, uh, 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 that can be, when you're weak, you're weak. <laughs> when you're strong, you're strong. But when you're weak, then you are strong. Yes, because when you're weak, then you know it that you're weak. And you know it that you need strength. And then you go there where you get strength, you connect yourself with the power. If some electrical machine doesn't work, maybe it doesn't work because it's not connected with the electricity. With It's not in the socket. <laughs> A cable over there, you haven't connected it. So how can it work? It's just patient, <laughs> waiting. There for you that you connect to the power. And we should do that with God as well. Why not connecting? Do you want to run around without power? It's not useful. And then the, the next two verses are so important in Isaiah 41. 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. So, normally those who can use their fitness of their youth, but even they get tired and weary. But they that Wait upon the Lord, what will happen to them? They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Or they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What a blessed hope, seeing the unseen. This we can read here. Summary. Ellen T. White, she wrote so many, many, many manuscripts during her life. Much of her writings is in books, so you can read it. But not everything. And sometimes students find a special quotation, and then they ask for a manuscript release. And over the years... Many manuscript releases had been. So there <laughs> were printed books with manuscript releases by L.T. White. And one is the volume 6, and there on page 225 we read Has not God said he would give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And is not this Spirit a real, true, actual guide some men seem afraid to take God at his word as so it would be presumption in them They pray for the Lord to teach us and yet are afraid to credit the to pledged word of God and believe we have been taught of him so long as we come to our heavenly father humbly that's the point, humbly and with a spirit to be taught, and not with the spirit, I know everything, I am number one. Willing and anxious to learn, why should we doubt God's fulfillment of His own promise? You must not for a moment doubt Him and dishonor Him thereby. When you have sought to know His will, your part in the operation with God is to believe that you will be led and guided and blessed in the doing of his will. This is your part in your operation with God, believing. We may mistrust ourselves, but not mistrusting God. We may mistrust ourselves, lest we misinterpret his teachings, but make even this a subject of prayer and trust him still trust him to the uttermost that his Holy Spirit will lead you to interpret the right his plans and the working of his providence. It's great. Simply great. And in the book, Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3, by Auntie White, we read on page 555, (laughs) Faith grows strong by, now that's something I'm interested in, faith grows strong by coming in conflict with doubts and opposing influences. Faith grows strong by coming in conflict with doubts and opposing influences. The experience gained in these trials is of more value than the most costly jewels. A diamond. Imagine. Oh, what a price. But the experience gained in these trials is more valuable than the most costly jewels. So next time, Think about the discretion. It will help you.